G'day champions. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> that was a very spicy introduction, very spicy hello. Well, you said I was too sultry last time, so now Is I'm it? being spicy. Okay. Okay. That's fair. How you doing? How we feeling? <coughs> Welcome back, everyone. I'm okay. Yeah. Alive, I, well. I didn't stay up heaps late playing Civ this time, so... <sighs> That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome on back to the A to Z podcast, A to Z podcast. Again, fight about it in the comments. I'm going A to Z. That's my, that's my inclination. With your hosts, uh, Zoe and... Alan. Um, Why is it Alan? Z? Why not? So I spell, my, spell my name is Z-O-E. Yeah. In the song, you sing it. You end with the Z because it rhymes. X, Y, Z. So... Today's episode, episode B. If you missed episode A, I mean, go back and listen to it. Or you don't have to because there's literally no continuity except for, I guess, if we create in-jokes or something um, in this. In which case, I mean, or just, you know, go and listen to it because engagement and appreciate you. Uh, but I guess first things first, we are, we're trying a new audio setup, a new layout format, etc. Two mics in this room was getting a lot of weird feedback. William's trying to chew the paperwork thank you william so and also feedback for alan to speak a bit bloody louder so we're trying we're trying something different hopefully this sounds all good and a bit clearer uh let us know if not yeah i think um i think it'll be fine i'm just kind of watching the levels as we go so episode b our topic mm. for this week is baba yaga and belief so kind of jumping into some folklore stories about okay. the baba yaga Mm. Uh, and, you know, in, in general, you know, random human belief system, belief in folklore, what's their place in the world? Why do we believe in them? Mm. Why do humans need them or have had them, etc.? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very, like, you know, we're not going to go full deep philosophical of like, why is the Baba Yaga? But kind of just the alliteration sounds nice to have two B words. So mm. chucking that in there. Uh, okay. Also because I went on an absolute rabbit hole and there's more than just the Baba Yaga. I'm shocked. You're startled that I got distracted. <laughs> oh, see, so you're talking about the Baba Yaga and now the it's spooky wind. Ooh. So yeah, basically researching this topic, I went down the rabbit hole uh, into Slavic mythology in general. So I started off with the Baba Yaga. That wind, oh my God. Every time you say Baba Yaga, it's like, ooh. Gets more intense. So yeah, I never really looked into Slavic mythology, uh, which is a bit odd I, I recognize it as a bit odd, considering my background, big Slav energy. Like, my family is from Poland and Ukraine, like, I, but never really grew up with, you know, nan-telling folklore stories and things like that, mm. um, which then got me thinking as well, why didn't we have more folklore things? Like, I grew up with plenty of other traditions or, like, Christmas and Easter traditions, Polish stuff. For anyone listening on the audio format and you want to see a visual of little baby me... Uh, in Polish, you know, dance gear. Get up. I'm going to present Alan a picture right now to blind react. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you lovelies at home on the uh, who are watching on the YouTube. But tiny me, uh, yeah. So we like grew up with plenty of other, but I was like, why not the folk stories? Which then also got me thinking. I kind of maybe realised that. You know, maybe the reason Nan didn't have cautionary tales or folk stories was like because of the war. 
Yeah, it was the tone. Yeah, like you're probably less concerned about like the witch in the woods gonna eat your kids when there's like literal Nazis bombing your house. So I think they were the real monsters. They were the real witches all along. No, dude. Actually, monsters is better. Witches are cool. So long story short, looking into the Baba Yaga, I went down a full rabbit hole because I was like, I've never really, you know, looked into it, researched it. I think most. Maybe, you know, Western air quotes cultures know a lot about Greek mythology, Roman mythology, astrology, mm-hmm. or like Norse mythology and stuff. I know you've got an interest. Yep. Got a book? I don't know. I got really interested in Norse mythology and I don't know if it was... Um, I've got friends that are from Finland and mm. that kind of region. And, and then obviously everybody kind of knows that I'm... I'm like, I really like the God of War game, the, mm. the PS4 soft reboot, if you will. Mm. Yeah, so because I used to travel for work all the time, I came across a book, Norse mythology book, and I thought, yeah, I'll pick that up and read it in the airport. And um, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. Odin's quite the jerk. Quite quite the guy. Quite the old father, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do Slavic mythology. I think I'm about to have a new side hobby if uh, there's like so many random sources I could find online, but then there's like so much and so little at the same time for, I guess, you know, translating is going to be an issue. Written documentation seems to be an issue as well because of, you know, certain stories being just passed down verbally or oral tradition. Um, but if anyone's got a, a sick recommendation for some good Slav mythology mm. compilations, this is, this is, we're getting into, long story short, this, this episode might be a little less structured than the previous one, yeah. but we're going, I'm going to try and loop it around in a nice, neat little bow going from the past to the present representations in a, in, you know, modern times and, and so on. So Alan. Yes. Do you know what a Baba Yaga is or have you heard the name before? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what's your brief? Or limited understanding or of the Baba Yaga. Or Baba Yaga. I'm just whichever pronunciation you prefer. So it's what the Russian mafia calls John Wick. Oh, look out. They- <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Grandma Witch in the Forest. Um, that is honestly one of the oddest I think I don't know if that's like a oh, they think tra- they, like a uh, localization thing, like they meant to call John Wick something else and nobody picked it up and I think I saw like <laughs> one of those um honest trailers thing and they're like like oh baba yaga means witch in the woods like are you sure you didn't mean to call him this which sounds really similar to baba yaga and then they're just like no one will notice just move on um but no, <laughs> it's, it's a very specifically like i guess gendered word as well like baba yaga is very specifically like, like woman yeah yeah so I, I my vibe on that is they probably would try and be like oh yeah boogeyman but it's you know russian so it sounds spooky and it's like ah I mean, you know what, maybe Keanu Reeves seems pretty cool with his masculinity. Maybe he's okay with being an evil witch in a hut in the woods, you know? He seems yeah. pretty chill about it. What is the, like, Russian word for boogeyman? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. There's probably plenty of different flavors. But um, I guess specifically, like, for all the stuff today, it's generally Slavic. So not purely just Russian or purely just Polish or whatever. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of options here. They screwed it up. Oh, Baba Yaka. Baba, babayaka, babaika. Babaika. But, um, yeah, they were like, Baba Yaga, that's the wrong word. That's the, that's too late. We're in. (laughs) We're in commit. We're in, we're in the third one now. We can't change it. Anyway, um, my, back to your original question. Um, my understanding is it's like, which in the woods, probably what a lot of those kind of Hansel and Gretel type things are based off of. Yeah. Um, so for a, a brief summary. Um, in Slavic folklore, also, I guess for anyone not aware of like Slavs, I guess a lot of as countries changed and blah, 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 we're talking like Russia, Poland, Ukraine, 
kind of going down into the Baltics occasionally. You've got Croatia, Macedonia. Like the these stories kind of like share and like spill into pockets of many countries. So it's not just one. And potentially each you know country in that area might have a different word for it, but a similar vibe sort of thing. So it's a it's a pretty large area that it could cover, and then also a large interpretation for or lots of room for interpretation. Of mm. different flavors of, you know, certain characters or uh, creatures. So, uh, Baba Yaga is a supernatural being or a trio of sisters that go by the same name. So, it's either one, one Baba Yaga or Baba Yaga is a collective of three sort of mm. thing. Typically appearing as a deformed or scary looking old woman. Uh, typically, Baba Yaga lived in a hut. The hut is described as standing on chicken legs. So, not like, not like a bunch of little chicken legs, like literal house-sized chicken thighs and feeties, like like just straight-up chicken feet, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. In certain narratives with Baba Yaga for her like appearance, typically the, the features that you're going to get are, yeah, the, the, the gangly-looking old lady, the, the chicken hut that can, you know, get up and run around or move or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. The mortar and pestle, which is how she gets around. If you know what a, a mortar and pestle is, it's used for grinding up your herbs and spices. She's got a big one. She, like, basically sits in a big bucket a big bowl, the big mortar, mm-hmm. yes, and then the pestle's the rudder. Am I getting this right the way? Yeah, the pestle's like the stick. So she like steers her mortar and pestle like a boat rudder as she zooms around, flies around. And what fuel does it run on? Magic. The bones of... Ch- See, I think it's, it's like, really li- effective. Literally, the witch starts with them mortaring and pestling. Like the movie, The, the Witch. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. They're mortaring She's... and pestling something. Spoiler alert, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... That's the, I guess that's the, the duality of the Baba Yaga. She's got her car, her mortar and pestle she flies in, and then when she finds a delicious child, right. she can use her mortar and pestle to right. you know make a nice soup or a, a fragoire or whatever you're vibing. Gotcha. It's a, it's a multi-purpose tool, but it's big. Mm-hmm. Baba Yaga also is sometimes depicted as having a mop or a broom, but um, she doesn't really use her broom like traditional, like, you know, I guess, Western witches or other pagan witch depictions. Mm. I think she uses it in a way cooler way. How do you think, um, you want to take a guess, how does Baba Yaga use her, her broom or her mop? She doesn't fly on it. Is it like a um, like a wand? Does she use it to like transfigure things or something like that? No. Does she use it to sweep the floor? Yes. She sweeps away her tracks so people can't follow her or find oh, where she is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I right. think it's way more like clever than just flying around on one. I, I more meant like just I know cleaning the house. Yeah. <laughs> She just likes to have a tidy space. Yeah. Keep it neat. House proud. <laughs> or what does she live in? Like a hut, the, the chicken hut. Hut proud. Hut proud. <laughs> when seen inside of her dwelling, she may be found stretched out over her stove uh, or, you know, with her, her big nose that reaches up to the roof potentially. It's a big, big pointy nose. Big schnoz. Um, and when I say stretched over the stove, she's not literally on like a contemporary oven, like cooktop. She's not sitting on an open Bunsen. We're talking like old timey hearth made of stone, like pizza oven that big boy right. you could literally like lie on top of the stone and, and be warmed and not cooked okay. so she's like mm. me if i lived in in slavic olden times yeah. i would be sitting on top of that keeping warm okay but um yeah typically as well babiaga is a multi-layered figure uh so she's not just a witch that eats children um she does that also Mm-hmm. But uh, there's more interpretations. She's a bit more nuanced or can be nuanced, I guess, because, again, such a broad range of people that tell the story or use her in stories. Mm-hmm. She may help or hinder those uh, that encounter her or seek her out. Um, so in some stories, she plays a maternal role, has associated with the forest wildlife. 
Uh, and in some folklore morphologies, uh, Baba Yaga can be, you know, appear as the donor, as the villain. Uh, she may be ambiguous. She could be she literally almost whatever flavor you want to tell. She could possibly take that role, but she's her intentions are not obvious necessarily. Mm. Like she's not always like the good guy mm. or the bad guy. Like it's sudden gods and spirits are. So to jump back a little bit, the origin of the name, there's a lot of variations depending where you go in Slavic regions. Uh, the first element of the word, the Baba, is, uh, is a babble word. Alan, do you know what a babble word is? Is that like baby talk? Yep. Nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Baba. Yeah, give him, yeah, go for it. <laughs> no. And you don't go for it either. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, what Alan said, a babble word is basically baby talk it's a linguistics term for like uh i love this word the the, the plosives i think it is um oh here we go the, the exact <laughs> word by bilabial consonants so it's a m a p or a b with the open a so ma 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 ba 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 pa 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 da da mama all that kind of jazz so basically it's stuff that's super easy for a baby to make with their stupid little mouths um <laughs> it's how they learn to talk okay. essentially um, which is kind of lines up nicely with, I guess, humans. Uh, you know, mama, papa in English, mm. uh, chichi, haha, Japanese for, you know, mum and dad. Basically, uh, uh, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, baby speaking or, you know, calling someone mama or papa, or is it because it's the first thing a kid can kind of say? It's essentially super easy, uh, but baba, B-A-B-A, lines up with a lot in Slavic languages uh, for grandmother or woman or, you know, mama, like your grandma. Mm. Uh, so, for example, my family's Polish. Um, my great-grandma was babcha. Mm. And, you know, as a pet name, it could be baba, that mm. sort of thing. In in Russian, babushka is grandma. Croatians, Macedonians, they've got also baba as grandma. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like, you know, the root word being old lady, old woman, grandma. Mm. Uh, then the Yaga bit or the Jaeger, Jaeger, whichever pronunciation, excuse my horrific Australian accent, is a bit harder to nail down. There's a lot of like different uh, opinions depending on which scholar you look at. So there's a like there's a list of things of words in Russian, Polish, Czech that it could relate to. Mm -hmm. um, here is a list of here's a, here's a list here for the list that it could kind of line up with. There's like serpent and snake in Proto-Slavic. There is horror, shudder, chill in like Serbo-Croatian, anger in Czech, witch as well, um, wicked wood nymph, like evil woman, fury, like all of the disease, illness. I don't think any of the words in the list are anything positive. So it's pretty much just like old woman, insert bad adjective here sort mm. of thing. So okay. again, lots of interpretation. Gotcha. So in some of the tales as well, the, the trio of Baba Yagas appear as sisters, all sharing the same name, like a collective again, the Baba Yaga. Mm. Uh, if you played The Witcher 3, uh, the Swamp Witches, those those three hags in the bog with, with what have... Um, very, very, uh, I don't know, they're just, they're very creepily designed. Like mm. their, their visuals are very uneasy. That's kind of like a, another interpretation or depiction of Baba Yaga, I would say. Witches of the wood or ladies of the swamp or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're not, not nice people. Yeah. You've played more of Witcher than I have. How mm. do they, how does, how's the tale shake out with them in the quest? They're very like, what are they like? You mean? Or, yeah. Yeah. They're very vindictive and like 
cruel. So they kind of like a genie, but a troll, troll genie. So like not like a goblin troll. You mean like a literal like haha trolled you on the internet? Yeah, troll, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. whatever you wish for, they'll twist it mm. into something cruel. You can give examples if you like. Yeah. Or the woman doesn't want to have another child with her like abusive husband or whatever. So she's like, yeah, I wish that you know I didn't, I wasn't having this kid. And then they're like, gotcha, fam. Here's a horrific miscarriage. Right, um, yeah. So it's kind of like if you don't specify your wish. Yeah, it, like yeah. she might have thought they were just going to go, there you go, Absorbed. it's gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like a number of j- just stuff like, you know, do, oh, I want this. And it's like, okay, I'm going to make you go and, you know, I'll, I'll help you out if you go and do this thing. Mm. So I'll go do the thing and, you know, ends up being the thing you killed for them may have like been one of those, you know, for the greater good lesser of two evils but it's still evil right yeah um but yeah basically anything that you ask of them they're going to twist it in a way that makes you feel pretty bad afterwards ripperoni so with uh baba yaga as well in her chicken legged hut Mm -hmm. um that can kind of like run around uh or turn around there's a lot of like a different not sing-songy but like kind of little rhymes to say you know hut hut like you know turn your face to me turn your back to the forest to enter the hut don't know why you'd want to do that necessarily. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, again, ambiguous. There's options. Maybe people are seeking out Baba Yaga for whatever it may be, help with their problems. Um, sure. But there's a lot of different rhymes, and we can kind of go into that with um, the Witcher TV series where they kind of um, depict that a little bit. Uh, but it's been a bit – it's tricky to kind of nail down why her hut is on big old – chicken thighs uh there's a lot of different interpretations for it one source that i found was kind of mentioning that apparently there's a lot of um you know chickens in slavic mythology apparently chickens can just access other worlds or dimensions so keep an eye on your damn chickens because apparently they are (laughs) apparently they're just wandering through our world into into the next so potentially her hut having chicken legs lets her pass through you know human world into other world okay that's only one source that i found Again, this is, it's like, my Google results have sucked lately, and I don't have access to 1,200 actual books, so uh, I would like to learn more about these, like, you know, myth chickens. Just, I don't know. Seems kind of cool. Someone say KFC. I don't care. God damn it. I I couldn't find a concrete answer as to the the why necessarily of, mm. of the chicken legs, but you know. So for Baba Yaga, she's got a, a, a generally a busy a busy kind of day. Leaves her hut in the morning, uh, and returns in the evening, and sometimes commands a flock of black geese to circle the skies looking for children. So she's out all day just looking for some tasty tasty children. Sometimes you know mm. she's you know gonna go hunt and gather forage. Right. For little Timmies or something. In one story, Baba Yaga's black geese, two disobedient children. We've got Olga and Sergei here. Uh, they decide to sneak out of the house while their mother is at the market. You know, I feel like we can kind of vibe where this is going. Uh, after she warned them, she warned them not to go out when the geese are flying. Little, little Olga, little Sergei, the geese are out. Do not go out. Uh, Sergei is snatched up and brought back to the Baba Yaga's hut for her dinner. Yum, yum. Uh, and... <laughs> Olga is able to save her brother through the use of magical items. Uh, the two lo- learn their lesson about not listening to their mother. So you can kind of start to, you know, get a bit of a vibe check here. It's a Hansel and Gretel type situation. Kind of. I mean, I think weren't Hansel and Gretel like kicked out of there. I think their parents were like, lol, you're expensive to feed, get out. Um, oh, really? I I think so in different stories, but I guess same kind of vibe. Like that witch in the in the 
thought they were just like chubbers and they were like, oh, here's some breadcrumbs or something. I want to get some snacks. No, they they used the breadcrumbs to find their way home. They were like making a trail and then they found like the witch's hut that was like made of candy. And they're like, oh, yum, that's just good candy. I get to play Fortnite. So it's kind of like, don't, don't be... Don't be eating too much candy, well, kids. Well, don't trust the witch. The witch tries to fatten them up to eat them. Right. Don't yeah. take food from strangers. Potentially. Don't trust the witch in the in the forest. But um, I, I guess, yeah, similar kind of vibe. Like the cautionary tales. And like you can start to see here, folklore perspective, you know, Baba Yaga being that cautionary tale for kids. Be good or the Baba Yaga's going to get you. You know, mm. don't leave the house when mum's not at home or Baba Yaga's going to get you. Don't go in the woods. Baba Yaga's gonna get... That sort of thing. Mm, um, okay. And from reading a few, like, posts online for people who grew up with the stories as well, it wasn't always just like, oh, Baba Yaga's evil. Like, you have to respect, you know, respect the Baba Yaga. She's kind of, like, synonymous or can be synonymous with, like, the forest and the woods. So, you know, respecting your space, being a good little Timmy, you know, good things will happen. If you're bad, bad things might happen. Mm. But, like, having that, it's not just supposed to be a monster to ah, scare kids it's like a bit more multi-layered in yeah yeah be a good egg don't go of. around being a dead shit yeah or, yeah. yeah basically basically for an incredibly nuanced millennia old monster don't be shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's life lessons with alan here's where i kind of started um rabbit holing because we've got a few other connotations with the Baba Yaga. Mm. Um, again, many stories, powerful witch who feeds on children. A couple of scholars referring to her in a book as, you know, may have been closely rooted to a Slavic goddess uh, or an earth mother. So again, getting more into the nuance of not just witch in the woods, like a goddess of death or a god of nature in a bigger context mm, sort mm. of thing yeah being the personification of nature she could be you know cruel kind of like how nature is you know a storm cloud or something you could like come through and like tear up your crops or it could you know have lovely weather and bring a nice harvest mm. it's kind of like that more it is what it is yeah a bit more what's the word when it's conceptual i don't know what's the word i'm looking for ambiguous a bit more ambiguous like her role it's is unknown. ambiguous yeah she's a bit like a bit okay. of a yeah so additionally Hmm. Even though she likes to, you know, get a good little kidnap on and eat the kids, um, you know, goes hunting for them through the day, mm-hmm. nice big snack of Timmy's in the night. She can also be seen as a catalyst for change. A lot of stories where she is basically an agent of transformation. She is, you know, helping the hero or the heroine, like, achieve self-actualization, achieve their goal, whether that be through, you know, a challenge or a trial or things like that that might start as more of a negative it's going to then give them the skill or the ability to achieve the positive sometimes so you know the lesson you learned along the way the real message (laughs) the real friends we made along the way was my enemies who baba yaga (laughs) killed i guess for one example of that there's a story of baba yaga and the kind-hearted little girl oh insert the Aw, sound effect here. Young girl and her widower father enjoy their days together until he remarries. Oh, God. And the stepmother ends their times together, abuses the child without the father knowing. It's probably sounding a bit familiar to other, you know, tales, other, you know, Cinderella. The evil stepsisters, stepmother sort of vibe. Mm. The stepmother sends the girl into the woods, hoping that she'll be killed by the Baba Yaga. Really great. Someone should call 
docs or child protective services, but you know, this good is... job, Dad. <laughs> Thanks. Screen, He's away on work. He doesn't know. Yeah, okay. you know. She's you know you know the duality of men. Yeah, basically hoping that the kid's gonna get monched. Um, but as a little girl goes through the forest, she's showing kindness to various elements of the forest. You know, respecting the animals or her surroundings, and like essentially, she's a good little girl. Sure. She's been a little champion. Okay. Uh, and all of these elements, you know, of being so kind to the forest, the forest helps her escape. Once she reaches the hut of the Baba Yaga, mm. or I guess you could interpret it as the Baba Yaga, maybe you know could have had an effect on helping her escape because she's not a not a little brat. Once the girl returns home, uh, she's forced by her father to explain where she's been. The stepmother is kicked out of the house, and the father and the daughter return to their former life together. Hmm. So it's kind of like again, a bit more, a bit more nuanced. Yeah. But you know, it's not necessarily that Baba Yaga is just like a stay out of the woods story. Yeah, I suppose you um you see quite a lot of that these days people like darker edgier mm. kind of stuff and a lot of the people that grew up watching disney movies as a kid are like adults now so you are seeing that a bit with like hollywood bringing out darker versions mm. of snow white or, tales and yeah, yeah the brothers grim i mean those ones are always kind of as the name goes a bit grim but they were yeah. sanitized and then i guess unsanitized yeah. over over the years yeah yeah totally i mean but but yeah like there's always different versions of mm. tales and mm. probably just you know invented that way to be like i want to terrify my child or i just want to teach my kid uh, a bit of a morality lesson yeah yeah and it makes sense given the context of the time as well like you're, you're not you know having eight kids for the fun of it you're having eight kids because half of them are probably gonna die before they're 10 years old like nature is harsh mm. you know we haven't got air conditioning or you know all these amazing deluxe winter jackets that keep us warm like or you are medicine yeah med medicine <laughs> a shelter that is impervious to wind and rain like it's you know, the the more things you can do to keep your kid from drowning in the lake, getting lost in the forest, mm. touching the wild bear, all of those things have a, a purpose. And I guess of being of that time, I'm sure if you told a four-year-old today, you go into the woods and a bear will eat your face. Like that's pretty intense. But, you know, given that back in the day, a lot of kids would be growing up literally a couple hundred meters probably from a bear in the woods mm. it's a lot more literal and impactful for like do not go to there yeah full stop whereas a kid today is probably like you know i don't know don't talk to the strange man at the mcdonald's like mm. yeah don't go to your teacher's house after school it's a bit more like contextual like yeah. it's not a literal this next next little bit that i kind of read into was where i started like you know, and it's like it references to other other gods, other spirits, other things. Mm. This is kind of where the wheels fall off, and I started like being like, "What's that mean? What is this other creature? Oh, a spirit of the war." Okay, so we're about to. I'm gonna try, and we're gonna try and wrap Baba Yaga neatly, but just leading it up with. There's a lot of similarities between Baba Yaga and other beings in folklore. This could be literal translation, cultural, you know, connection between the regions. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot for, you know, links to these Bulgarian forest mother. We've got, you know, Serbian, uh, an iron-toothed woman uh, that's kind of used to scare people, the Babaroga. We've got Bosnian, Croatian, Montenegro, like Serbian, like a whole bunch. There's a lot of forest mother references. And I, like that took me down this whole forest mother tangent that we'll get to. Right. There's also kind of links to um, Germanic. So like I guess as you get closer to the German side of things, that's where stories change a bit i guess in terms of like the regional pockets uh some germanic stories between um uh Perchta. i never know how to say that name but i've read that about it before so i uh, Perchta, Perchta, who is like 
another figure in German mythology, which we'll, we'll get, we're going to jump into her because she's got a fun one. We'll do like a quick, a quick drive-by of her in a sec. But yeah, so, you know, Baba Yaga, it, it's, it can be as something as simple as like stay out of the damn woods, you kids. Or it can be more nuanced for driving force, folklore, you know, uh, tales for aspirations for adults, children, a whole bunch of things. So, mm. yeah, a lot more complex and I'd love to do a bit more bit more reading about. A bit more reading about. And I, I think it's Baba Yaga gets to be a, a very popular contemporary story because of that, because there's so many options for her. It can be Spooky Witch or it can be more nuanced, like we were saying before. Um, the Baba Yaga house in the Witcher series. Mm. Um, shout out to our friend Robin, who worked on the special effects for mm. Witcher, the season two. Big congrats. It's pretty cool. But like, you know, I haven't, I want to read the Witcher books. I haven't. We've played the Witcher games. You've played more of them slash finished them. I kind of just been playing through here and there. Got the worst ending that you can get. Congrats. <laughs> Pumped 80 hours into it and didn't realize that there was like seemingly innocuous innocuous decisions that are like oh you you told someone to be careful they're dead like 50 hours Burn later out. and i'm like what what um, have i done yeah just thought um <clears throat> freya which is kind of nordic mm, yeah she in the god of war game she's the witch in the woods mm. and her cabin is on a the world turtle a, thing a yeah? turtle yeah, yeah. Yeah, or not the world not turtle, sorry. Yeah. But the whole world turtle, like, going through the universe thing mm. is similar to your chickens. I guess, yeah, because it's probably going to be, depending <laughs> on the area, like, I don't... I, a, a turtle's endemic to Poland or to Russia, I don't know, but that could be, like, a similar thing where it's, like, you know, the translation or as a story moves through the world, you know, Norse mythology, we've got the, the turtle hut as that travels down through other cultures. It was, oh, it was a legged hut. Maybe it was a chicken. It, yeah, chicken leg hut. Yeah, yeah. the Baba Yaga with a yeah. chicken leg. You know, potential for <laughs> stories to change for sure. Yeah. In the in the Witcher series as well, like the this current season that we're in, I guess no spoilers, but I mean, you, it's pretty early on, like the Deathless Mother, like that character in the hut. There's kind of like these references to this, ooh, the spirit mother, the Deathless Mother, and then like you physically see the hut. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is like giving, um, there's like something in, in my brain here. I feel like I've seen, and like the hut stands up and I'm like, oh, she's a Baba Yaga. Like, that's mm. cool. Like the, the hut stands up. I think in, in the show, it's technically on um, basilisk legs, which is still chicken legs because the basilisk that they show is like the snakehead chicken legs sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, hmm. pretty cool modern depiction as well. Any other context that you got to add for Baba Yaga? Witcher or otherwise, Alan, that you know of? Do you get to defeat them in Witcher? Because they're the, the three sisters in the Witcher in the game. Do you get to defeat them or do they like eat? I know they eat a lot of kids. They sure do eat a lot of orphan kids in that game. But yeah, that's, um. I mean, the game's been out for a long time. So it's going to spoil it. Spoil boy, skip ahead um, 30 seconds. Yeah, skip ahead like a minute or something. So basically that's one of the things they're like, go kill this tree god thing and if you do that i'll tell you how to find your daughter but it turns out like basically the tree god is stopping the babiagas from eating eight orphans <laughs> and you have to be like oh do i want to find my daughter or this tree god thing could be lying and it could be evil but yeah it turns out that like if you do the thing they ask you to do to find your daughter then they're gonna eat eight kids yeah but you don't have any context. There's no but way you don't know, know that. that yet. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this tree could be evil or it might not be. And yeah, yeah either way, something bad kind of happens. 
Yeah. yeah. So like. But you get the benefit of knowing where your daughter is. So you know they they follow through on their end of the bargain, right? Yeah, I'm sure your yeah. daughter will be stoked that eight you little got eight, kids, eight innocent <laughs> children eaten consume. by horrible, disgusting swamp women. Yeah. yeah. Swamp hags. Yeah. You know. Look, the greater good. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of these kind of stories all, as you said, have their own versions everywhere, and mm. they've probably been influenced off everything. Yeah, maybe they have a was it a progenitor like the yeah base template, and then all the different regions go oh, yeah. different flavors. Yeah. yeah, I guess if you're like maybe in the desert, you're not going to have like a don't drown tale sort of thing, or like a there's not going to be like a swamp witch, but you might have a sandwich maybe. <laughs> a sandwich? <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. You might have a, a desert witch, you know? Yeah. Actually, that'd be kind of interesting. I wonder you yeah, know, the was, flavors around the world. I was sort of wondering. I'd be interested to know, like, I wonder, like a Arabian folklore, yeah, or something. Arabian be kind of or cool, African, or like, like yeah, Middle East folklore kind of stuff. That'd be really interesting, yeah. actually. We will look into that, as I mentioned before, as well. We're gonna we're gonna deviate now. We're gonna start going through my <laughs> Zoe's side tangents of demigods, folk creatures, and spirits. Okay. I found some. I just found some cool ones. So we're gonna kind of like not speed run, but we're gonna go through a few different ones. So I mentioned just before Perchta. So this lovely lass. Uh, was the upholder of cultural taboos. So this is kind of in the in the um, Bavaria, Austria, mm. um, that kind of flavor. Sure. Upholder of cultural taboos such as the prohibition against spinning on holidays. And I don't mean doing like twirly whirlies. I mean like literally spinning cloth and you know basically oh, do okay. not work on holidays or I'll. I'll the Sabbath. Yeah, kind. Of, this is kind of. I think this is. I think she's still pre-Christianity. Okay. Or, or might be early, like... that's. I guess that's a part of the reason I didn't mention as well before. A lot of reasons for Baba Yaga or other Slavic stories not having just a full concrete, you know... Here's a tale, like the Greeks or the Norse, is that a lot of things weren't physically written down until Christianity. Mm. And then, of course, Christianity coming through, changing the flavour a little bit, potentially. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... Yeah, it's... Some things get, like, you know, lost in translation or lost in nuance or gotcha. yada yada. So, um, Perchner was said to roam the countryside at midwinter uh, and to enter homes during the 12 days between Christmas uh, and Epiphany. She would know whether the young children and young servants of the household had behaved well and if they had worked hard all year. <laughs> Good old child labor. Uh, if they had, they might find a small silver coin next to, you know, next to their bed in a shoe or in a pail, which I guess is kind of similar to... Um, what is it? Sinterklaus leaves you like lollies in your shoes sort of thing in Germanic stuff. I, what? I was about to say why are shoes so special, but I guess like shoes are an essential part of living back in the day. Hey, if you don't have foot protection, you're not a very functional member. Depending where you live. Yeah. You're going to get, struggle you're gonna get yeah. ice bite. Yeah. Or just step on, step on something that kills you. Yeah. Gangrene. If, yeah, if, they, if they worked hard, like good little child laborers, good little Timmy's tended to the fields, get your silver coin. If they had not, if they had not worked hard and if they'd been little little bad Timmies, mm-hmm. little bad Tomex all year. Pop quiz, Alan. What do you think what do you think Perchita's vibe was? If Baba Yaga likes to, you know, eat the kids in the woods or grind them up into a nice goo, what's Perchita's vibe, do you reckon? I don't know, she cut their hands off or something. But then they couldn't work hard next year if she chopped their hands off. I mean, I mean still probably the, what she does isn't any better, but would you like to know? Yeah, just do yeah. Uh, she would <clears throat> slit their bellies open, uh, remove their stomach and guts, and stuff the hole with straw and pebbles. Huh. 
Yeah. It's a good motivator to work hard. Yeah, sure is, Skip. <laughs> I'm like, my belly slit. Like, good lordy. She would also um, slit the bellies. Uh, open. Same same shtick, the, the slit and stuff method mm. uh, for people, like, so I guess adults as well. Mm. Uh, if they ate something on the night of her feast day, other than the traditional feast, the feast, traditional meal of fish and gruel. Gruel. Yeah. So if you ate anything but the fish and gruel, yeah. get, get big old tummy slit mm. and stuff. Uh, so no Big Macs. Yeah, KFC. Um, yeah. <laughs> no hot legs for, for dinner on her feast day. Fun little little sidetrack there. Seems a bit extreme. I mean, I would be motivated to... I'd be plowing the fields from <laughs> dusk till bloody dawn if the, if the upshot was getting my guts spilled. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, it's, I'm motivated. That's, what I, that's all I needed to get you know, okay. my day started. You know, the threat of um, perched up. We've got another one, another fun one for you. The Kiki, Kikimora, Kikimora. How do you feel about sleep paralysis, Alan? Yeah. Um, I th- <laughs> yeah, love I, it. I've had it before. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's another thing from The Witcher too, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, the name, the Kiki, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've heard, yeah. There's a lot of these that cross over like, like the Like traps and... people in a dream? Yeah, kind of, yeah, 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 yes. Tortures them in the dream. Yeah. Won't let them wake up. Yeah, yeah. good stuff, classic stuff, yeah. Mm. Um, the Kikimora is a legendary creature. She's a female house spirit in Slavic mythology. We're going to get into like her, her, you know, counterparts. So she's juxtaposed with the uh, Domovoi, which is like the good guy of the house kind of. So, you know, she's kind of like the bad vibes in mm. the home. When, uh, when the Kikimora inhabits the house, she apparently lives behind the stove or in the cellar and makes like mouse sounds to try and get food. Be like, oh yeah, I'm a mouse, feed me. I don't know if you're supposed to feed the mice in your the mouse in your house, but that works for her, I guess. Mm. And it's kind of like a, one of the first potential traditional explanations for sleep paralysis hmm. in Russian folklore. Like this depiction of the Kikimora like lines up pretty well with like symptoms of sleep paralysis. And we'll jump into like some of her some of her traits. Sure. Um, the words in her name kind of like link to like quite literally like bad spirit, bad dream, nightmare. So mm. she's quite literally like bad vibes nighttime. Mm. So in Polish folklore as well, uh, the mora are the souls of living people that leave the body during the night. Um, they're seen as wisps of straw or as hair or as moths. So it's kind of like, you know, normal human goes to sleep, your spirit leaves and goes and wanders around and comes back in the morning sort of thing. So it's like the, the tie-in for the exact word, like mora being spirit and stuff. Again, can go by a few different names, the mora, the mara. Uh, and in Slav mythology, Mara was a dark spirit, takes the form of a beautiful woman, uh, visits men in their dreams and tortures them with desires and, you know, drags the life out of them. Like kind of got, you know, succubus kind of energy, I guess, in that depiction, but more specifically in dreams. So the common belief is that the Mora enters the room through a keyhole and sits on the chest of the sleeper and tries to strangle them. Thanks. X-Files did an episode of that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like in terms of lining up with actual human physiology as well, like a, a common sim- symptom, I don't know, a common effect of sleep paralysis is like people having the feeling of someone sitting on their chest, having a nightmare that someone is on them while mm. they're sleeping or yeah. having feeling like weighted down because, you know, scientifically your, your body is trying to like wake up and you haven't got control to get up. So the sensation is that you're being held down. Yeah. You've got a 10 kilo blanket on you. So we're doing this podcast, we're getting cursed. Yeah, the, the winds be howling, man. I don't yeah. know if you guys can hear it, uh, but the winds are... We are summoning in some... I don't know, I'm going to cleanse this house. <laughs> to repel the moras, children are advised to look at the window or turn to their, their pillow and make a sign of the cross on their pillow. 
Right. Also, in the early 19th century, there are mentions that people would repel the Moros by leaving a broom upside down or behind the door or putting their belt on top of their sheets or saying elaborate prayer poems before going to sleep. I don't know, what's, what's the modern... Uh, What's the modern way of avoiding sleep paralysis? Just like get off your phone. Meditate. Meditate, yeah. Meditate, decrease stress. Super easy things to do, yeah. Just eliminate stress from your life. (laughs) Stressed out? Stop it. Okay. (laughs) Get out. When I had sleep paralysis, I Googled it and it was like, yeah, if you're like very, very stressed out and your mind is very busy when you're going to sleep, like that increases your chance of experiencing it. So I tried really hard to just sort of do like, because you were away, you were overseas um, at the time. So I was home alone too, which sucked. But um, but yeah, I just sort of did guided meditation mm. and made sure I was trying to get regular hours, like go to bed mm. at a sensible time. Did you at any point try putting a broom upside down behind your door? I didn't. Okay. We'll try that next time though. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they did that like as a kind of, if you actually think there's something getting into your room and sitting on you, it's like, I'm putting a broom there. So if it comes through the door, that's going to fall over and wake me up. So maybe that relaxes you a bit. Or maybe like if you have, if you see something standing in your doorway, you can be like, oh, it's my broom. That's the broom I put there. Not like whatever your mind is conjuring up as a horrid Mm. image. Or maybe there's just another... Yeah. It's probably another reason for the broom, but you know. For the Kikimoras as well, there's two different kinds. Um, one that comes from the forest and is married to the uh, Domovoi, and one that comes from the swamps um, and is married to a leche, which I think a lot of these terms again pop up in witcher stuff. A lot of, you know, everyone's kind of jumping on that cool Slavic bandwagon these days. And it's said that she can be identified by her wet footprints, so keep your peepers out for any soggy feet in the home. Apparently, as well, when home builders, if they wanted to cause harm to someone buying a house, you could bring in a Kikimora. Just be like, oi, come on in and screw the next person that buys this house, which is pretty nasty i guess if you wanted to i don't know the what the point is there but maybe you, you guess lost, you know the lost some money on the house and you're like stuff this investment yeah <laughs> but i'm gonna kick you more installed bank's making me sell this house <laughs> anyone buys it i'm gonna Cursed. just curse them cursed yeah apparently once she's in it's very difficult to get it to leave so yes yeah, it's just full of goblins you know that's it the yep. slaps roof a car this son boy's of, got so many kikimoras son of a bitch <laughs> i mean as bonus points as well um the the swamp kikimora if you find her out and about she you know uh, is believed to frighten people you know knock travelers off the road drown them and bonus points kidnaps kids so, you know, you got, the, you got a little bit of everything. She's got it all. I feel like this should be a, a pop quiz and you have to guess which one of these don't kidnap kids. Mm. Um, the answer is probably none of them don't kidnap kids. So, you know, it's it's a popular trend. Uh, apparently, though, when if your house is in order, the Kikimora, you know, enjoys looking after your chickens and your housework. Again, these chickens popping up again in the folklore. So, okay. um, you know, if she's not keen, she's going to be whistling, breaking dishes, making noises at night, and apparently might come out at night to spin your thread. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, but she's touching your thread. going <laughs> <laughs> to spin your thread tonight. <laughs> Watch out and take care of your chickens. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. yeah, a little bit of, little bit of, bit of flavour. I like that it's not, you know, they can't just be one thing. They can't just be like a nightmare thing. It's like, even if you're not having nightmares, maybe I'll touch your chickens, you know? So you got options. Going into as well, the husbandos 
of the Kikimora, as we mentioned, the uh, the Leche and the Domovoy. Just for some funsies, we'll go a little, a little sight. Maybe, maybe as we go through these, maybe some of them will become nicer or kinder. Maybe not. The Domovoy was kind of like the, the, the good guy or like the counterpart, like maybe not necessarily like literal marriage, but like the counterpart, the like household spirit of that family. Mm -hmm. So deified progenitors, there's your word coming back. The ancestors of the kin tied in that sort of way. So again, spirits of the household. And has yep. many functions. And yeah, if you want to simmer it down to be super, super basic, do good things, take good care of your house, he's going to be stoked. The Domovoy keen on keeping the kids safe, keeping the chickens safe, keeping the family happy. The Domovoy as well can be, um, uh, they're kind of gods and they're represented as fighting with one another. So I guess if maybe if you've got like a bit of a house, a family conflict with, you know, Dave down the road, your Domovoy might be punching on in the in the spirit world. Yeah. Uh, additionally, shout out to the Domovoy if you're having fights with our, you know, our neighbors or something. I hope you <laughs> hope you're doing well. And yeah, kind of just in general, sharing the joys and the sorrows of the family. They can become angry uh, and reveal their demonic aspects. There you go. Not, not everything got to be nice. Uh, if the family is corrupted by bad behavior and language. So you say bum too many times. Curse know. words yeah. in the house. Yeah, if you've been a bit, you know, nasty. Domovoy's not going to be keen. He, they, they, they can literally, they can quit and just leave. Be like, F this, I'm done, y'all suck, your house is unprotected, against illness, against calamity, against crisis, Bye bye hmm. And just can bounce out apparently. So you got to... You know, got to do the right thing. Keep your dumb avoid happy. I think all these stories are just mechanisms of control. Oh, absolutely, like, probably. Mow your lawns <laughs> and clean your shit. Yeah. Or like, or a demon's gonna get you. Yeah. And it's like, but it's then like, there's also like the if you do all the good things, good things will happen. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a risk and reward. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, as long as you're keeping your house clean, mm. you're mowing your lawns mm. and doing your edges. Yeah. Doing put, your put, edges. Putting your gut. Putting your garbage bins in after they get emptied. Yeah. Um, you're going to keep the house demons and, happy. And you're going to keep your neighbor your neighbor spirits happy too because you're not leaving like mm. trash out the front. There's going to be less conflict. Your dumb avoid are going to be high-fiving each other, not punching yeah. on, you know. Yeah. All the social, keeping social rules in check sort yeah. of thing, yeah. No bloodletting. No, don't go kill your neighbor because you're angry Oh, no, angry animals. Oh, sorry. Just go look after your head. Yeah. Look after your stuff and... There is a little bit of bloodletting if you want okay. to do it. Animal sacrifice, though. Pot oh, Pretend a little bit. Just a little bit. Maybe a little chicken. Just a little chicken offering in KFC. But then the angry <laughs> demon lady likes the chickens. And she's going to... This is just creating more issues. There's a lot of chicken murder and stealing for even the ones that like the chickens as okay. well, kind of. There's a bit of, there's a bit of crossover. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, the, there's more simple offerings you can do for your Dumbavoy. Um, so, like, you know, offering your your leftover food for meals. But yeah, in, in the cases of the Great Anger, uh, a sacrifice of a rooster at midnight. So, you know, rip. And that might solve your problems with your neighbours. If your rooster keeps waking them up. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, maybe your rooster won't shut up. That could be. <laughs> it's like, thank God. We've gotten rid of that guy. Additionally, I guess if you're, if you're going to be building a new house, you have to acquire yourself a Domovoy. So there's a lot of um, practices you can do to uh, welcome in, you know, a, a Domovoy to your newly built house. So you got to, you know, be like, hey, come on here. Like lots of different things. So, you know, either offerings of a hen or slices of bread from the first dinner in the new house. That kind of jazz get the house occupied, yep. get your house spirit on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, be a good egg and hopefully good things happen. I mm. feel like there's a bit of that in Japanese culture. Bread? No, like the house. Oh, like the house spirits. House spirits yeah. and forest spirits. and Yeah, absolutely. I was putting offerings out to keep them happy. And... Yeah. 
Well, um, what for Shintoism in general in Japan is like everything has a, a spirit yeah. or an essence. So it's like the rain has a spirit. The for every independent individual forest has a spirit. The rivers have a spirit. Table. Thunder and lightning yeah. in general have a spinner. Like everything in that sort of way where it's like, you know, if, if someone isn't giving offerings to your local forest, the forest will die sort of thing. Like mm. if you forget about them and don't feed them or... That yeah. sort of thing, yeah, definitely. The other, so the other option was uh, as well for the Kikimora to be, you know, partnered or combined with the Leshe, which I think that gets brought up a, a lot in in Witcher. The kind of like the more tree folky lad in the woods, so it's kind of like a deity. They mentioned in the beliefs for Eastern and Western Slavs as a god of the forest, lord of the Leshes, typically described as a masculine humanoid in shape. Uh, they can also just change their size and height, apparently, the leche. Uh, sometimes prepared with horns or surrounded by a pack of wolves and bears. They're known to, would you Would you like to have a guess? Would they have a propensity to lead travellers astray and... And... Eat them? Or that, no, co so and, comma, the other thing they like to do. Lead travellers astray and... Kidnap their children? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Kidnap children. <laughs> Woohoo! Which you might think would lead people to believe that, you know, the Leche could be an evil entity. Uh, however, they're, again, they're more of the neutral, somewhere in the grey zone, like just, you know, I guess like an animal, kind of like doing their own thing, you know, no no bear mm. is evil for eating a person. They might the just be hungry. Neutral child predator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Who knows? Maybe they get to, you know, grow up nice and happy in the woods, which literally, like, they, it's going to reflect again, the attitudes of the local population towards the forest. He's the forest guy. Don't go if, wandering. If people are being chill with the forest, they're good. But they can also, like, apparently here, the Leche could take children who are cursed by their relatives um, away to the forest. So it could be for good reasons, could be for bad reasons. Again, a bit more grey. Like, the kid might have been, like, literally abandoned and they're like, oh, yoink. Kind of, like, class the Leche a bit more like a fairy. Like, you don't know what their intentions... Like, I'm talking like old-timey fairy, not like a literal, like, modern-day pixie. Like, the fairy and the fae being like, mm, I'll do what I want to do, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Mechanisms of control. Yep. Kid, be good or I'll curse you. And you'll go live with the yeah. Leche man. The Leche will come and get you. Kind of like we're, we're about... We're at the at the point where we're going to take... Start to take, like, the, the right-hand turn and bring it back to... Bring it back to the loop. So we're in the home stretch, kind of, here for... Zoe's rabbit hole of um, random Slavic myths and things, and I think you're gonna be you're gonna enjoy the surprise plot twist at the end here. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've still got like kind of like two paragraphs, but like there's a there's a plot twist. Okay. I think you won't see it coming. We're gonna touch on quickly like you know the 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 earth goddess, the forest. We've been talking a lot about like the woods, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna jump into uh, Vesna. So Vesna in uh, Ukraine, Ukrainian. Again, also Slavic, pops up a bit in Slovenia, Macedonia, Serbia, Croatia, Poland. I should just say Slavic, whatever. Vesna as a uh, mythological female character associated with youth in the springtime. So they're getting into the more positive zone here. Okay. Um, more just associated with the coming of spring, winter going away. Like, oh my God, finally we can have crops again and eat. The springtime is here. Yeah. Thank Jesus. Well, not thank Jesus. Thank Vesna. Uh, so for a lot of people, uh, and you know, practice is still done today in Ukraine, in Russia, in Poland, all that kind of jazz, you know, singing songs to the spring season that is Vesna. Like in some other languages as well, Vesna literally just means spring or it's like a nice pretty word for 
springtime. In Slavic mythology, the uh, Vesnas were described as beautiful women and they lived in palaces atop the mountains where they discussed the fate of the crops and the human inhabitants. A magical circle around their palaces kept them from leaving the mountain, uh, except during February. So, you know, springtime. Uh, when they would travel in wooden carts down to the valley below. Only certain people were capable of hearing them singing. Uh, and if people decided to sneak up to the mountain palaces, they might learn their own fates, but risked a very unpleasant end if they were caught by the Vesnas. So no peeking, you know, you gotta, your fates, you know, we're not, you're not supposed mm -hmm. to, you're not supposed to know, you know? Yep. These songs to the Vesnas are referred to as uh, Vesnyanka. Again, Australian accent, sorry. Um, but that's still what they're called today. Like Ukrainian songs or like, again, other, whatever it is in the other languages. Singing the song at springtime, you get all your homies together in your nice traditional dresses. You get in circles, sing the nice songs and bring in the springtime. It's one of the things that's kind of like still managed to persevere despite, you know, a lot of the Christian spreading that happened mm -hmm. um, in times gone. These kind of like actual folk traditions still happen today, which is nice. Yeah. Now, some of my astute listeners might see where this is going. Might this, they, you know, they might, they might know what this word is already. Uh, Alan's got no clue, so that's okay. But essentially, yeah, big springtime dances, summon in the, the sea, the, you know, awaken, awaken the springtime. If you don't sing the songs, you know, springtime might come later. You want to like get rid of the winter, bring in the spring nice and uh, early. Eurovision. He's done it. <laughs> He's done it, boys. He has figured it out. <laughs> and our plot twist, our M. Night Shyamalanian twist is <laughs> the best song of 2021 Eurovision. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way you nailed it. <laughs> and is she saying Vesna? Vesna? It's something, in there. Something, yeah, something. yeah. She's like literally saying Vesnayanka. Like is the like nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize I played it on loud that much in the house. But the song Shum by Goe, which was the the Ukrainian candidate last year, ten out of ten. If you haven't listened to the song, I recommend it. Uh, song is S-H-U-M, Shum. Shum. Shum by Goa. Goa. Uh, it's great. It's an absolute bop, but it is quite literally, it, it's like to describe, again, I can't really play the music here because copyright, but to describe music to you using my, my mouth sounds, my words, it is like, it's all in Ukrainian, an absolute bop of a track. And you're like, yeah, what is this cool, like hardcore cyber poppy beat that's going on here? The song is literally about sowing seeds for the crops for the spring harvest. Like the lyrics are like literally sowing, sowing, sowing crops. Like let's awaken the springtime. Mm. But it's like this like, yeah, dunce, 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 like awesome beat. Okay. Um, play it when you're at the gym. You will lift weight two times heavier than you thought possible. <laughs> it is a great like pump up song. But um, yeah, that's our, that's our plot twist. Uh, going into Shum, this song about the uh, the springtime, the springtime, bringing in the springtime. So the word Shum as a literal translation is just like big old noise. Like it just literally means big noise. But um, if you're gonna get more more nuance in it, it's kind of referring to, referring to the songs and referring to like specifically like the gods of spring. Mm. Because they're like multi-layered, like the Vesna and many other bits and pieces in there. It's like, you're not just like, the word doesn't mean just like, well, make a big noise. It's like, we're going to sing together, bring out the spring. Sure. Happy days. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, I'd recommend watching the film clip for Shum. I kept watching just like the Eurovision performance and I kind of missed a lot of the nuance in the actual film clip. Um, but there's like combinations of in the, in the stage performance in Eurovision 
they've got, you know, basically depicting as like all the other characters in the band or the dancers are in like grey, white, monochrome. There's like these dead trees as like the stage props. And the only colour in the whole performance is the lead singer has this kind of like grassy, torn up shawl around her shoulders, like this neon green, like this is, you know, the awakening of the springtime sort of thing in her costuming in the like video clip video clip as well they are it's like this combination of um cyberpunk meets steampunk meets like driving through the snow in ukraine and they're like literally filming it at the um exclusion like the chernobyl exclusion zone Hmm. so we got multi-layered here as well with the whole like bringing in the springtime but then also filming the film clip yeah in like a radioactive hotspot Mm. Of like, you know, the the, the the nuances there sort of thing. Uh, and to bring it all home, to bring it all home for us in our in our final wrap up of, you know, the modern day, the modern day, like, you know, translation of these things. This is from an interview with the uh, the band's producer, like the, sorry, the producer of like, the, you know, the, the stage performance slash production uh, and one of the band members of Goa. Um, quoting here, the inspiration came from the original Ukrainian folk and dance. Our ancestors used that to wake up the spirit of the forest and spring. The song is about the evocation of spring, but for us in the 21st century and in times of a pandemic, it's more about evocation of people from everyday's problems. It's about looking around and thinking about what we've done to our world, how we can improve it and pass it on to our children. It's about evocation of life. Mm. Nice. Mm. It's like, I think that's, that kind of brings us in a nice little loop of you know, from, you know, folk tale of old being necessary to uh, to keep your kids alive, to being, you know, cautionary tales, to them being inspirational tales, to them being, you know, more metaphorical of like, how do we treat each other and the world around us as adults and going forward? Hmm. Nice. Circle of life. <laughs> I guess all those, a- any, any kid's story has some kind of morality thing to it. So they've just been around for a long time mm. and they used to be scarier than what they are now. Yeah. Now they're just like, here's a kid that, you know, that kid that plays the guitar and then he dies. And Oh, you, I'm, like, I'm like, what are you talking, the, the Coco Disney yeah. movie. Yeah, it's oh my like, God. Oh, yeah. it's heartwarming. It's just like, well, va- va- value your family and yeah. like, don't be a little dead shit. <laughs> um, but like back in the day, it was like, you know, a tree monster's going to kidnap you if you... Yeah. I think we've, you know, as a society as well, evolved for the heavier concepts and, you know, as as a world society, we've never been more educated, connected, et cetera, than we are now. Mm. A lot of the concepts might be like more future cautionary as opposed to there's a bear in the woods is current cautionary mm. uh, as a, you know, like global warming or like what are we doing for the future is like, you know, putting our, our headspace on for like what can we do now to preserve the future is like almost a... Yeah. new folklore could evolve possibly as well you know in a way mm. yeah i i did also task alan mm. with the challenge secret reveal of the challenge here uh at the start or before recording today i asked alan to um to invent and create a you know, just a 60 second thing invent and create a unique folk creature folk person make your own basically build your own baba yaga go to build a baba um, and give us a quick 60 second cautionary tale and who your creature is, what their name is, what they do, and what is your tale to prevent, you know, kids from getting got by the real life threat and the, the Baba Yaga threat. So Alan, mm. what have you created for us today to round out the episode? The dangers of the ocean mm-hmm. oh, yeah. are well documented 
Yeah, a stra- on a TV we- show called Bondi Rescue. <laughs> we are, <laughs> as they say in that song, we are girt by sea. Yes. So you'll see in Bondi Rescue, there's just constantly people nearly drowning. Yes. My Baba Yaga is called the Ripper. Right. Okay, the Ripper. It doesn't sound very like folky though, hey. It's aptly named. All right. Off the ocean. Of rips. course. Yeah. Yeah. The Ripper. And could um, we call it like Rip Rip or something? We rip could. Rip. <laughs> Bubba Ripper. Bubba <laughs> Ripper Yaga. <laughs> and basically... Um, Ripsy. The reason that there's yellow and red flags mm-hmm. on the beach mm-hmm. is because um, the Bubba Ripper doesn't like Germany. Um, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's Aren't they red, sw- yellow and black? Yeah, but the swing <laughs> flags are not. <laughs> anyway, okay, you've got to swim between the flags or the Bubba Ripper's going to get you. Right. So the the flags are a not just to denote that the lifeguards are at the beach. It actually deters the the Bubba Ripper yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Bubba Ripper doesn't like that that color. She doesn't palette. like primary colors. <laughs> so um so basically the flags act as a like a border mechanism right. that the Bubba Ripper cannot penetrate. Like a magic circle almost. Yeah. Protection circle. Yeah. Protection ring. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Do so the yeah, do the lifeguards have to bless the in, in this tale, do the, the lifeguards bless the, you know, they go out and put the flags out each morning. Yeah. Do they say a little a little something to bless the flags from the Bubba Ripper? They say, <laughs> stay between the flags, you fucking idiot. Um, no. They say, just a reminder, guys, that uh, the flags are there for a reason. Uh, please swim between the flags at all times. The the kid in the with the blue boogie board, uh, yeah, mate, the, uh, this is a no surfboards in between the flags. Thank you. They pour a they pour a VB out on the, on the beach sand. sand at sunset every day <laughs> to honour those yeah. that were taken by yeah. the Bubba Ripper. Mm, they don't right. speak about it. it's a cover up. They yeah. don't speak about it. That's been they're risking their lives and every time yeah. someone's outside the flags and they you know Bondi Rescue they're out there like swimming and you know saving them. <laughs> they are. I wonder if there's like if they're accumulating curses upon themselves because they're taking away feasts from the Bubba Ripper. You know, is that almost like you're like a witch hunter sort of thing? Like they've been tasked with this sacred duty to protect the humans from the ocean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that might be at a burden to them. I'm not privy to their inside workings, but there are mechanisms in which they cleanse themselves Mm. of these this bad bubba ripper the beach showers aren't just beach showers that's right (laughs) yeah it's blessed it's holy water in the beach showers or um, put a ladle they put a label ladle of vb into the water tank just to to cleanse the pool yeah that's right beautiful love it bubba ripper stay between the flags (laughs) a cautionary tale by alan kinter (laughs) i feel like that would work that would be Mm. that would that would work today still yeah, I like it. Sold. Okay. Ship it. Put it on a t-shirt. Baba Ripper. Swim between the flags, you dog. Yeah. Love it. Is there anything else you'd like to add for folktale of the Slavic flavor? I want to add that I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this rabbit hole and keep looking into this because it's really cool. Mm. Um, I feel like mythology um, in general is really cool. No, not really. I can't mm. think of anything. I mean, it made me think when when we get to N. I could definitely talk about Ooh. Norse mythology. Yeah, you know way more about that than me. Yeah. yeah. I know about Freya. Yeah? That could be one of mine. But I also claimed M. That's okay. We, so, I did back-to-back A and B. Yeah. So next week is C, episode C. Yeah. Alan, what's on the cards for episode <laughs> C? Cats. <gasps> cats? What are we going to learn about cats? Who knows? No spoilers. So much. so much. The origin of cats? Who are cats and how do they work? No. 
Not the origin. Oh, the musical Cats? Good no. Lord. Oh, thank God. No. Cats. <laughs> cats. Big cats? Yep. Like... All kinds of cats? Yeah. Cool cats. Thank you for this uh, coming on this word journey of the Baba Yaga and many other things with a plot twist ending of Eurovision. Mm-hmm. It's greatly appreciated. Stay like, uh, out. You snuck like, that yeah, in there. I did. I I was like, you know what? Wouldn't have Boy, howdy, up. we got it. <laughs> you wouldn't have showed up if you knew it was Eurovision. Yeah. Wait for episode E. No. <laughs> that would be one to tune into on a visual sense if, yeah. if it is about that. No, I think so I'll just see I almost be sad because I can't I'll sample I'll just see me music. slowly like getting crushed. You'll wither away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Keep your eyes out for the Bubba Ripper. Stay safe, champions. Uh, thank you for listening as always. If you want to follow us on the socials, uh, mm. on the Twitter podcast, A2ZA2, and then the Z. Yeah, slap a little cheeky follow there for if you want to know when, when episodes go up. Because we're trying to, it's, it's going to be weekly, but our first episode was up to a weird schedule. So, mm. yeah, keep your eyes peeped, your ears peeped, all that jazz. Indeed. Love your guts, and we'll catch you next time. Talk to you later. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, he did it. He actually said goodbye. I thought he was going to wave again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>